0: Hello, welcome to some Derp's talk about movies. I'm your co-host Mango. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Buddy. And this week we're gonna talk a little bit about Civil War, and we're joined today by special guest host. Special guest host, friend of the show, Alex. Hello.
1: Show. <laughs> <Is that laughs> say you wanna... hello yeah, say hello to all the people out there, Chef.
2: Oh uh all all like six of us, oh, one of which is six six of me? Us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. We I, could I I'll, 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 I'll literally
1: uh, do shout outs to everyone that regularly listens to the podcast and it would take like thirty seconds. <laughs> well i will like have, have you know
0: like, we have, listens to this podcast. We Maybe have, Mark. I will have you know we have ten listens in the past twenty four hours. I don't know what happened, but we, we we're like our older episodes are getting like up to like twenty listens a piece, and I don't know twenty people that listen to this podcast. That's and true. like half the listens are from the Netherlands, so I think we've got like <laughs> A weird Dutch fan base, you know what yeah, I think it is. It I think it's I think it's people
2: from Revenate listening to you. Like there's no other way. I, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We won't talk anymore about that. Uh anyway. And honestly, it might be weird people who follow me on Twitter because uh when I first started my Twitter I was tweeting all the time about esports stuff because it was what I was I was doing Surrender at, No, not Surrender at twenty. What was it called? Cloth five. Cloth five was when I was writing regularly for cloth five. Uh, so maybe it's maybe it's like a weird cloth five fan base.
0: In the uh, Netherlands from the Netherlands
1: <laughs> 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 But whatever the case may be, we are here again. We've convened uh, again to talk about another comic book movie because they're the big event movies, films that we want to talk about. This time it is Marvel's Captain America Civil War. Uh, It, we, I saw it opening night. Did you guys see it opening night? We saw it
2: Thursday, Yeah. 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 So we saw it opening night.
1: Yeah, I saw it opening night. Huge crowd, super packed. Uh, That was kind of an interesting experience, actually, uh, because I think the crowd was a little bit less into it than I expected them to be. Uh, Though that actually kind of bears itself out because it's – I mean, this is like film scuttlebutt, but uh, it actually made a lot less money than people thought it was going to. Really? Yeah, it had an opening weekend of like 172 million. Uh, oh, that's or pretty or low like for things. one of these films. Exactly. It's something everybody was calling it as over 200k, right, or 200 million. Um, everybody was saying, "Oh, you know, this isn't going to play like a Captain America movie. It's going to play like an Avengers film or whatever." Um, honestly, that opening is fairly similar to Batman v Superman, uh, though this movie has way better uh, legs, is, you know, like which is to say like the drop off between weeks like people once people have seen it they're they well, the the drop off week to week is is less terrible than it was for BVS.
2: So I think the thing is sorry so to interrupt I I'm looking at the Wikipedia page because I was curious about that. It looks like the actual first weekend brought like 200 million, but that's probably including the Thursday which usually you know like because movies are now including Thursdays in addition to the normal Friday Saturday Sunday weekend haul. Like, that is still, like, relatively weak, um, I guess. I don't know what their actual expectation for analysts were. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Although,
1: I, you know, I follow a lot of these guys on Twitter. Um, some of them were calling it up. Some of them were calling it down. Uh, a few people... Uh, I actually... I guess I kind of misquoted my number. I'm seeing that the real number is about 180 million. Um, they're... Uh, is, some that, some is that real number, like,
2: excluding Thursday, then? Or is that real number, like... Real, real number.
1: Uh, I think that that number is with Thursday. A lot of the time, this stuff just includes Thursday. Okay. Um, and it's funny. And it's funny. Like, I, I kind of can't believe that we're talking about it in these terms. It's the same thing with BVS, to be honest. Like, people are getting on Captain America Civil War's opening – Right? Right. For not meeting expectations, but it's still the fifth best opening weekend of all time. (laughs) That's true. That was the same thing. And that was the same thing with Batman Superman. You know, like, it's in the top whatever, right? Like, you know, it beat out all these other comic book movies and everything. And everyone's like, it's a failure. Like,
0: I'm I'm, I'm Um, curious as to why that is, though, because it was like, it was a very hyped movie. It was a good movie, and it was reviewed well before before it came out. So Um, I think a couple of things hit it. Uh, Something that.
1: Marvel talks about is um uh the the impact of releasing so many superhero movies kind of in tandem right uh this is a big year because Fox ha- you know like Fox has a big movie apocalypse right uh DC obviously has Batman Superman Suicide Squad right. Doctor Strange you know this is a really saturated year um and so theoretically something akin to superhero fatigue though not real fat- superhero fatigue fifth best you know, opening of all time. Everybody um, is is hypothetically in play. Um, I also think that to a certain extent, the way that they did the the so like the, the, they released the embargo like a month early, which to me is insane, right? Like who you know, I mean, there's people like me, obviously, who keep up on this kind of thing all the time, right? But um, it, it is it is mind boggling to me. Um, it is mind boggling to me that they uh. Uh, that they released it like a month early because all of the reviews come out in, you know, April. Right. And the movie's not going to be out for another three weeks. And I feel like that just kind of kills how the word of mouth likes to spread in this kind of thing.
2: Well, I don't think it, I don't. So I think that actually doesn't necessarily hold true, right? Like, so like if you actually had the embargo for too short, then the, the way that the media interprets that is that the movie is bad, and the reason you're holding the embargo for that long is because you don't want the reviews to actually
0: right, right. But this is much longer than the norm, right? Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And it's, it's also this is honestly something that has been uh, something of a trend this year. X Men Apocalypse review embargo. Drake. Yeah, it came out like this week. Yeah, that came out this this week. But Apocalypse isn't. Uh, it, may, it might be next week or the week after. You know, like Apocalypse isn't for a while. Um, I think Warcraft might be doing the same thing. You know, that's out on. In June, um, so I don't know if this is like new. I don't
2: know. I, I don't know. I feel like the movie still did pretty well. Like if it's if the oh, projections yeah, yeah. are the, so the, the, the projections. Day. So if the actual first weekend total. Um, oh no, no, that's that's including like. Uh, oh no, so that's where I was reading it wrong. So the weekend out outside of North America brought exactly two hundred million. Yeah, uh, fun, outside oh, of outside okay. of North America,
1: yeah. it absolutely destroyed.
2: Fun fact: According to Wikipedia, this was the largest superhero opening day in. The Netherlands, shout out to these five viewers from there. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Ugh. Yeah. I
1: uh, I am always I'm always a little bit amazed that these uh I'm always a little bit amazed that these movies do so well. It's called Captain America, but they do really well worldwide. Uh, but let's talk about you <laughs> yeah. know, like – let's get to it. Let's talk about the movie itself. I imagine that you, you both liked it, right? I Absolutely. liked it. I
0: Everybody did. liked yeah. it. I liked it more than the second
2: Avengers movie. I think – so the thing is ah, – Is it because
0: of wow. lack of farm machines? <laughs> no, it's not because of lack of
2: farm machines. Um, I just think that – so the problem is that when you have one of those Avengers movies, like the first one gets away with it because – so – these Marvel movies need to have a particular superhero as its focus or have one of these superheroes be the primary protagonist, right? Or have and have someone be the antagonist. In this movie, that the protagonist was obviously like, you know, like Captain America and the antagonist in this case, uh, although it was technically you know, nameless uh, sarc- uh, fucking
0: Sarkovian Sarcovian Mary, dude, Mary's special forces dude. Oh,
2: by, by the way in case you guys
0: don't know this cast is going to be super spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, don't listen. <laughs> spoiler yeah, I, I presume most, we most cast are
1: like this. We are going to be in spoiler territory.
2: But I mean, so, so like realistically the, the protagonist and antagonist were very clearly the five superheroes, right? Like in the case of like the first Avengers movie, like, I don't think the Avengers movies do a very good job with that. Right. Uh, in the first Avengers movie, you get away with that mostly because it's the novelty of assembling the team is so great. Uh, that you get to be like oh cool look at all these people doing cool stuff Uh, the second movie suffered from that because it really kind of felt like more of a setup for Civil War than its own independent movie plus the fact that Ultra no, it did, right? Like, like, look at how, how Civil War played out, right? Like, it, it's a continuation of the exact conflict that you saw uh, from uh, the Age of Ultron, in both like, the, the actual causes of the conflict in this movie were a direct result of the fight at the end in Sarkovia, plus the fact that it continues like, the the conflict between like, Tony and Steve, right? Like, and so the problem right, is... Right, but that, I
1: think that that's good, you know, that's good that's just good storytelling
0: I, right? I, I think he's got a point, though, you like to talk, Buddy, a lot about how these superhero movies tend... Or the Marvel movies in particular tend to waste their villains. Yeah. Um, and Ultron was definitely a wasted
2: yeah. villain.
1: You know, honestly, I have to say...
0: Uh so I, this is actually kind of an interesting
1: thing for me to think about in the, like kind of the greater context of like these superhero movies. A lot of these Marvel movies really lose their shine for me, right? Like over time. And I was thinking about it. I was like, "What Marvel movies do I think you know like came out? I saw them in theaters, and then I watched it again, and I and I improved upon my initial thesis. And really, the only the only answer to that are three, right? Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which is the best Marvel movie still, even after Civil War, in my opinion. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really just the I wasn't i i was, I was kind of anti-hyped for that movie. The hype train for that movie kind of like turned me off to it. But I went back and I rewatched it, kind of outside of that thing with my like analytics like turned up to eleven, and I was like, ah, this actually is a good movie, kind of thing. Um, and then. Age of Ultron, which I, I actually think Age of Ultron is way better than people give it credit for. Even I gave it credit for uh, when it came out. And I said it was better than the first Avengers movie when it came out. Um, so I kind of di- – I, I disagree uh, a little bit. Um, uh, pretty pretty emphatically I guess that's uh, – I, I think
0: cool. I agree with Zhao <laughs> that, that Civil War is better. Um, for the simple reason that there's no Ant-Man in Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man <laughs> is the best Marvel movie that's come out thus so far, so, you know. Um. I, I mean, so that's the other thing. So I think
2: the, the, the fight in Captain America Civil War was actually better than, like, I can't really remember too much about the fights that happened in Age of Ultron, except uh, literally they were fighting against, like, clones of, like, Ultron, right? Like whereas the the actual fight that occurred within Civil War is pretty memorable because of the cast that actually you know participated in the fight and especially the introduction of like Ant Man and Spider Man like who are like good characters because in a very action heavy sequence like they were able to interject like actual worthwhile dialogue but like yeah that, that that's
0: a role that was taken up by by Hawkeye in Ultron which was, was a no little bit... but, even... know, but he, he was. He was essentially the, um, the the dialogue man in Age of Ultron, right? Like, he's got the bit where he talks about how he's shooting a bow, and like that—that's his whole purpose in Ultron. Is kind of being like the moral center of the Avengers, weirdly, um, and like because all the other characters like are kind of like this weird—I want to say like like all all the other characters are, are trying to be hyper their characters to kind of pull that aspect out of them. Hawkeye was the only one that was kind of free to be kind of a little bit flexible. Well, I also think Hawkeye really kind of needed the
1: screen time because he was relegated to mind control status in the first one. Um, I think – so we're talking about the airport sequence, right? Right. In a certain sense, I actually think that the airport sequence is Marvel, quote-unquote, at its best. But I actually – you know, I actually just kind of like wasn't all that super into it. Because – and this is just kind of like a symptom of how Marvel shoots a lot of their fight scenes. Um, the Marvel method of shooting these fight scenes from a focus of kind of like, wouldn't it be so cool if you were blank superhero, right? Uh always kills the stakes in the fights for me right this is kind of this is kind of what kills Avengers in in a bigger way like the first Avengers for me is that I never actually feel as though Loki is all that much of a threat because the filmmaking on these fights is all about how awesomely awesome all of these superheroes are awesome is actually a, ter- uh, a bad term for it but like how you know like how cool how they and it's a, it's like a wish fulfillment thing right and so when I, I you're spending all of your time and when you're spending all of your time showing how you know like how fun and how cool and how crazy, like, awesome it would be to be Ant-Man or whatever. It kind of – it lessens the stakes. This isn't, this isn't a fight. There's not a lot of drama. I'm never worried, right, because really it's just on the – it's on the screen there to to have me go, like, you know, cool kind of thing. But
0: I think that works in this fight in particular yeah. because you have those moments on both sides. Right. right. You have, like, how cool would it be to be Ant-Man and how cool would it be to be Spider Man? and um, and so like and, and they're in conflict with each other so the stakes come from the fact that all these awesome moments are, are ultimately pitted against each other um,
1: so, so
0: this is kind of why I think that this is like the platonic ideal almost of these
1: Marvel movies right like this is kind of like peak Marvel movie there's no villain right it's all heroes uh, the uh, it, it, there's no villain and it's all heroes which kind of like pre pre builds out that from being too much of an issue, right? I actually think, I think that the I think that the airport fight scene was, uh, you know, like, it was, it was shot pretty well, uh, but it was also kind of, like, weirdly p- placed, almost, in the movie, because it felt like, it really kind of felt like it wanted to be the climax, but it clearly, obviously, wasn't the climax, and so I was kind of wondering about that, uh, interaction for a minute
2: well i actually Um, thought that movie that part was the climax right because the only other scene that had any uh potential to be a climax after that was the fight scene between like tony and steve at the end i think
1: captain america the winter soldier and and iron man yeah i think that's the climax in in screenwriting terms right in screenwriting terms the end that that airport sequence is the end of act two right that is pretty definitively right like you get, but you have Bucky and Cap, and they're flying off to Siberia to go stop these five, you know, this red herring plotline or whatever. Yeah. Um, you have Tony Stark realize that you know he was wrong about Bucky, and he's going to help out his, you know, his bro Cap, and that's what you know. That's when things take a turn for the dire,
0: um, right? Well, yeah. So, so I, I think it works ultimately because it's built like it's the climax of the team up portion of the movie right it gets built up like like this kind of like assemble your sides thing is built up for a while and that arc effectively resolves itself with the fight at the Leip- leipzig scene whereas the kind of individual plot where they can laser focus in on one character and kind of have that nice development that you kind of lack in the avengers movie you focus it on captain and, and in many ways tony stark as well um that happens after the fight scenes, so you you kind of get these two arcs simultaneously, and one crescendos at at the Leipzig airport, and the second one later in the, in the fight scene between Cap, Bucky, and uh, and and, uh, and Tony.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, to to be, I th- I feel like this is mostly a symptom of preference, right? Like, I don't want to I don't want to like play around my biases too much, right? I am very, I I am down on that kind of action filmmaking because uh, I respond for I, you know I respond to stakes right um, and uh, and so in these fights which were so stakes less it's just really tough to like kind of get me on board when it comes to this I mean I you don't know how mad I was that war machine didn't actually die first of all I was like how did you know like I was like well I know I know from these trailers that he's probably gonna die right um, and I was like this is what's going to you know this is where the stakes for this airport fight scene are going to swap and i was actually really hyped for that right in the fight i was like oh boy right like you know cap cap and bucky are going to get in the jet everybody's going to chase after him right and war machine's going to die and it's going to be huge And, and then he doesn't fucking die and he's barely even paralyzed i was like why 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 can't you just you know what i mean like it just really removes the bite from these movies if they're not even willing to kill off you know like they're not willing Anybody. to kill off a supporting character to the iron man movies which they're probably not making any more of anyway right like what that well, it was mind blowing oh, to me
2: i don't feel like that's necessarily the case so there's there's two di- uh, dimensions on which like these kinds of fights can work right like one is along how high or low stakes it is and two is basically uh i'm going to say like how like tough the challenges, right? So I actually think that the Avengers fight, like, yes, Loki was not a particularly, like, difficult villain, but I felt like the alien invasion itself was a pretty high-stakes thing, right? And there, you actually had, like, a very high-stakes fight that, that was very enjoyable because that, that like, was the climax of the movie, was towards the end of the movie, was, like, the, the, the pinnacle of, like, you know, these Avengers actually assembling and fighting together, right? I think the problem was that in, like, the second Avengers movie, like, it was essentially the same kind of, like, high stakes thing right like it was a very high stakes uh final fight there i don't think that that necessarily like what 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 i got as a sense that was that was missing from a lot of these other movies is uh they build themselves as interactions between a in a marvel cinematic universe between all these different superheroes but only during the captain america civil war fight did you actually really have like what you would consider like a legitimate fight between like um like superheroes from this era, right? Like, so the only other place where that happens is during Ant-Man when Ant-Man like fights Falcon and that was kind of like a shitty, like, well, we can't afford the budget for a real fight. So we're gonna have these two stand like a grassy knoll and like hit each other for a bit. And and I think you that...
1: also you also have you also have Iron Man versus the Hulk and Ultron, right? And in the first Avengers, for you have you have Hawkeye versus you know the Helicarrier, which leads to right. the Hulk versus Thor, which uh, but those are and all then... better fights, right? Like
2: th- those no, are better...
1: but, but but and then on top of that, you have Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America fighting each other in the forest in the beginning of the Avengers. All right, I think that's, that that's fair,
2: but those still prove my point, which is that people watch these films not just because. Because like they don't just want to see these people fight alongside each other because like they can see like each of these people be individually badasses right like and like at some point like oh neat like the hulk is punching things while captain america is also punching things uh doesn't lend itself as much appeal as you know the the actual fight which happened which is just uh like you know captain america fighting iron man and spider-man fighting uh falcon like the what people wanted to see and what was different from civil war from the other movies, which I thought was good was that there was a strong emphasis on fighting between the actual superheroes. Right. And like those kinds of like hypothetical, what if matchups between like heroes is what people like hadn't really been like given by previous MCU movies. I feel like uh, that's definitely true. I uh, think actually this goes
0: back really strongly to, to, to your recurring point, buddy, that the Marvel's in the the Marvel's in the MCU, <laughs> the villains in the MCU are terribly underplayed right the only one that comes close to being well used is loki and he sucked in avengers um and the and-
1: avengers fit i mean my beef with the avengers is it spends the entirety of uh, loki's thing showing how pathetic and desperate he is right and it's yeah. just like you know you're not gonna like you're not gonna make him menacing in that way right um, I think, you know, to – to, to I, this is a point I want to hit on. The thing that makes the end of Ultron work for me more than the end of the Avengers movie is because the stakes are very clearly linked – Not is that, very, that it's clearly linked to the end of the world, right? It's that it's linked to the people of Sokovia dying, right? So – the and, and this is the same kind of stakes that gets mirrored in stuff like Man of Steel, right, where the stakes are – can the Avengers stop Ultron, but while saving as many lives as they possibly can, right? And they do kill somebody for that, right? They kill Quicksilver, and hey, Quicksilver is the wrong person to kill. I think, uh, you know, All Things Told, he didn't really have any character in the first place, and it was really just a move to, you know, appease appease the Fox kind of rivalry because they realized that you know, Days of Future Past did Quicksilver way better than they were ever going to freaking do Quicksilver. Uh, but they at least they at least still had it, and I really. didn't see
0: that coming
1: yeah and and, uh i feel that civil war really lacked uh for kind of really lacked for that moment
0: i i think hmm, i I see where you're coming from like like yeah there's there's not a lot of like risk right like i feel like they could have even done it better if they just didn't show war machine trying to walk right like you know yeah he didn't die in that that in that you know pulls the stakes out a little bit but the fact that they showed him in physical therapy I think is like you could have just like left him on that bed and left that be the last thing that you the last thing you see of war machine in the movie and you would have you know had Tony say they think he might never walk again and then you have him walk the next time he shows up in the next movie and that you deal with that then but like I I feel like feel like you rolled they rolled it back way too quick yeah Um,
1: I feel that but
0: I, I think that what these movies really want and um, what you got in this movie, because they the heroes have all had their own movies to build themselves up, is you want a villain that doesn't die at the end of the movie. That way you can build him up over a couple of movies, right? Like um what's it uh the the Infinity War guy, Thanos,
1: Thanos. is
0: is a little bit of that, but there's not there's not enough of him being no nowhere, nowhere do we really get to see we think yeah. doesn't have
1: motivations in the Marvel movies right like we just kind of know about him in an ancillary
0: right way What we what we, you want is like that kind of like man behind like like to to, to use one of your favorite examples we want like uh uh like the mass effect 2, the um the assuming direct control type of thing oh you yeah want,
1: harbinger <laughs> yeah
0: you, you want you want a harbinger right like somebody that's behind this like gets a scene or two in the movies that is doing things and like always kind of like slips out that way when the you build up to an actual fight there's some like real meaning and punch there right you've seen this guy kind of thwart our heroes for a couple of movies um or you and you get a sense of his his strength which you don't get with a lot of the villains uh, as as they are because you know they they're built up and they're torn down within this the space of 90 minutes um yeah. and i think it worked in civil war because all of these heroes have been built up over multiple movies. And so when they clash against each other, you see that kind of like some total of like, you know, hours and hours of, of, of plot kind of smashing into each, each other. And you, you know, you really feel the stakes of, um, you know, especially some of the older heroes, like cat, like captain America and iron man straight up, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you've got, you know, three three captain America or two captain America movies, three iron man movies. And then the, the Avengers movies, um, Essentially slamming against each other, which is which I think raises that kind of competition, um, kind of in service to Zhao's point about wanting to see superheroes fight each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think we do want to see superheroes fight each other a little bit. Uh, that's definitely like that's definitely in there. But I think in most scenarios, th- this is kind of the the the, the weird part. It's, in most scenarios they tend to follow the like the BVS kind of thread where two heroes are fighting each other due to a misunderstanding, and then they team up and beat the bad guy. Right? This is like. Cookie cutter carbon like this is the this is like the building blocks of comic book superhero interactions right is the two heroes you know they they fight because they miss they have a misunderstanding oh we're both heroes let's team up and fight together right like that is in like so many comics and one of the great things about the comic Civil War the like the 2007 Marvel comic that it gets its name from is. Uh, it really reversed that kind of trend, right? There was no misunderstanding. Tony Stark and Captain America fully understood one another. They just didn't fucking agree, right? And so, uh, and so they kind of had this like knockdown, you know, dragout match. Uh, but I actually think that. I really wish that they had taken more uh, more cues from the comic Civil War because I think their refusal to do that to a certain extent really hurt this movie uh, for kind of like a variety of reasons. Well, what do you mean by that? So, like, I feel like they actually
2: took a lot of that cue. Uh, so, took, okay, so, the so key, right? there's, like, a, there's a couple
1: of things. So the first one is in Civil War, the comic, the, the tension is – the tension isn't the avengers fucking up right this this killed me in the movie i really like i was just sitting there like really no one's gonna talk about this when when you have thunderbolt ross sitting there and he's like 73 people died when the Tatauri invaded 113 people died in sokovia and i couldn't help but just sit there and be like yeah that's because the avengers saved seven billion fucking people right like what, what do you, you know, like, yeah, I understand that collateral damage is there and it sucks, right? But the Avengers literally, they were saving the whole planet. How is nobody talking about this? In the comic Civil War, it's not that, right? It's not even the Avengers. It's a bunch of C-list superheroes who are on a reality television show who prod a bunch of superhero or super villains into a fight for the ratings, and that fight ends up killing 800 kids, right? This isn't Captain America screwing up. This isn't Scarlet Witch can't control her powers right this is that this has nothing to do with tony stark letting some random kid get killed right this is this is a bunch of kids a bunch of idiots who are using the the good examples of the avengers right of the spider-mans and the iron mans and the captain americas of the world and they're and they're uh, taking advantage of the leeway that we give to those Captain Americas, and so they're saying, you know what, you're right. Look, we love, we trust you, Cap. We think that you're the right kind of guy, Cap. But you aren't the problem here. It's all of these other people who who are. If that makes sense. No, Whereas yeah, I, I, I in, in the movie mean. Civil War, they're very much saying, nope, the Avengers are the fucking problem for saving the world eighty thousand times. Like,
0: well, come on, no, no, wait, that, that's not fair. It, it's like very. It's very clear that the, the issue is that Tony Stark created Ultron, right? Like Tony Stark is responsible for the deaths in Sarkovia. Like, like- no,
1: no. So so even that even that wasn't even like hammered on, That's which true. I yeah. thought was crazy. The way they-, they didn't they didn't really uh, they they never really addressed the fact that like I mean I think it's there in the subtext to a certain extent. I think a lot of th- a lot of things are there in the subtext. I think Tony's kind of character. So an interesting thing about this movie is I don't think Tony Stark or Captain America have an arc, right? I think they're very deliberately arcless. Um, and Tony's arc happens basically off screen, where you can see that him that retirement isn't working out for him, right? He thinks he he doesn't need Iron Man anymore. He thinks he can just kind of like walk away from it, but his life turns to shambles. He and Pepper, you know, like all of the shit between he and Pepper. Demolishes that relationship. He's feeling guilty about his relationship with his dad. You know, because he's obviously always feeling guilty about that kind of stuff, right? Uh, And then when this woman shows up and she's like, "You killed my son," it's just adding to you know, it's just adding to Tony's kind of ridiculous guilt complex as it is.
0: Um, So it it also also represents a a very much larger arc for him. You know, if if you think about all the way back, I think, I guess, it's Iron Man two. Where he shows up and in the, in the U.S. government's like, "Give us your Iron Man," and he's like, "No, fuck the government. I'm the only one who's who, who's responsible enough." And now here he is, in, you know, was it five movies, four movies later, saying, "Guys, we should probably listen to the government. They're they're yeah. pretty cool." Well, but so I think yeah, the, the well,
2: problem is just that when when that transformation happens, right? Like, so part of it is yeah, like you know, sad mom gives him a photo of somebody who like he killed by accident, but like. It's, it's very much not the case that, like, Secretary Ross makes, right? Like, Secretary Ross just was, like, look at all these people dead um, instead of being, like, you made Ultron, and then people died as a result, right? Uh, and and although it's explicitly said by, I think it's explicitly said by Tony that, you know, like, Ultron is, like, his fault, like, the the actual build up to that isn't very, I, I don't feel like it's very much, like, the correct case that, like, Um, the government should have made, right? And I I, I sympathize with, like, What Buddy Wants, which is just a view where, you know, like, some seamless superheroes for no good reason, like, kills a bunch of, like, high school students by, like, a nuclear explosion to get, like, ratings for a reality show. Um, But I feel like... There's not really a lot of good ways to do that, right? Like, well, so-
1: the, the, really the point that I'm making is that in the comic, it's very obvious that heroes are – act. you know, like there are heroes and they act irresponsibly with the privileges that we afford them, right? So they no longer can afford those privileges, right? But the, – and they're trying to get that, get that same point to a certain extent. But in no way, in no way do I think the Avengers ever act irresponsibly, right? And that's – you know – to me so i'm actually kind of interested because i've seen this go back and forth to me iron man has no point iron man is clearly wrong right the uh, the, like uh, another half of this compared to the comic is the comic is very much the comic. If you choose to register, that's not a bad thing at all, right? You get a job with SHIELD, and they don't actually reveal your secret identity to the world, you just reveal it to the uh, you reveal it to the United States government, right? Um, so yeah, you know, is it the end of the world if Peter Parker reveals himself? No, because he becomes a SHIELD agent right and and gets and gets a steady paycheck and is a superhero for basically you know that's his that's his day job uh, and I think that that is a much like nicer thing than the clearly implied bureaucratic mess of having to answer to the United Nations and having to wait for the United Nations to kind of sanction you each individual time. Like they didn't stop Ultron by a margin of hours, right? They stopped it by a margin of minutes. So if there, if you have to sit through and get the Security Council together, right? The same thing with Jatari. If you have to sit through and they have to, you have to get the Security Council. Or, together or whatever gg the planet gets fucking destroyed because next time you don't have you know like you don't have that time right and i think that this is all this is all in captain america's uh in inside of captain america's point and both the movie and you
0: know it it just it seems to me that iron man has no leg to stand on well uh, the, the point is is that you know they wouldn't have stopped ultron in time but maybe ultron never would have existed in the first place if they had real oversight um like, like that—that they wouldn't need to have stopped him in minutes because they never would have created him, um, and that, like, with these types of like controls and oversight, things don't ha- like things like the Winter Soldier killing, to- like, uh, killing Tony's parents don't happen because there's oversight into all of these projects, right? Not, not that, that necessarily would have happened, but in this ideal kind of world where the UN has oversight over everything, these threats don't happen as much. Whether or not that's realistic or not is a different point, but I think that that's the point that he's trying to stand on.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I guess maybe it didn't uh, didn't do a super good job. I actually think... So, I don't think the Russos are very good... uh, Well, this is... So... I don't think the Russos are very, quote-unquote, like, good filmmakers in, like, an artistic sense, right? I don't think they're all that visually interesting. You know, they're pretty they're, – they're very craftsman filmmakers, right? They're someone you say, here, build – you know, they're carpenters, right? Build me a table kind of thing. Um – but i think something that they have a legit talent for is just efficiency on the screen something that blew me away in this movie and in the winter soldier when i rewatched it is how quickly they articulate incredibly complex points and ideas right it, it is mind blowing to me and this is like no small feat right it's mind blowing to me that they got the, the that they hit on nuanced motivations of every single one of these heroes we and i don't think there's a set of heroes that really share the same motivation i guess you can kind of say that ant-man and spider-man are both motivated by fanboyism right but ant-man is a fanboy for captain america and spider-man's obviously a fanboy for tony stark kind of thing um but like you know the uh, scarlet uh scarlet johansson wow uh scarlet witch um is, you know, she's motivated because she feels directly responsible for the people that died in Nigeria or whatever, right? You have uh, you have War Machine who just looks at this and he's like, we are soldiers, right? And we are subject to the same oversighted soldiers, biff, bam, dom, no, no if ands, or buts about it. You have Falcon, who's clearly only in this because he's bros with Captain America, right? Uh, you have um, you have Black Widow who's like, yeah, you know, we kind of fucked up a little bit. We need to earn back their trust kind of thing. And they it was lightning fast how quickly they went like point to point to point to point character to character to character and gave them a unique motivation which I think is probably honestly like the most impressive and best part of the movie as far as I'm
2: concerned yeah I mean I can kind of agree at that point um, but
1: yeah I mean that was yeah. a very long you know Monologue there. Um, so, uh, can I t- I, so I guess. See, you know, I hate this. This is. Uh, <sighs> I have a feeling that Civil War is going to end up a lot like The Force Awakens for me. I liked it a lot when I came out of the screen, but the more and more I think about it, the less and less I'd like it. Um, I and. Think- um, <clears throat> And the Force Awakens kind of really went downhill for me in 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 a pretty bad way, and I'm afraid that like there's kind of like a cascading thing in Civil War that's going to be the exact same thing. But, um, and I don't want to talk about everything that just bothered me. I want to talk about like good stuff. One of the things I thought was good, I actually think Baron Zemo is great in this movie. Um, I think Baron Zemo is probably the the bad guy. Uh, he is probably the best. Marvel villain to date actually it's not true I actually think Robert Redford's character in uh, Alexander Price from the Winter Soldier is the best but um, he's such a he's such a good villain and he really is like kind of so well structured into the into the movie I think um, that uh, I, I kind of hope I don't hope that he'll come back in in a real sense, but I kind of hope that he does come back because I think that, you know, in a grand total of, like, he's only on the screen for, what, like, 15, 20 minutes? You know what I mean? But he just accomplished so much. I think this goes back to the efficiency point that I was making earlier.
0: Yeah, no, and and honestly, I, I think um, maybe he could get, maybe he's this villain that I'm talking about that, that gets built up. Like, I'm imagining, like, uh, what's, like, um, Law-abiding citizen, type, uh, thing where he he still manages to fuck shit up from super jail, mm-hmm. um, which would be cool, but uh, but yeah, I I thought I thought he was well put together too. I was actually really caught off guard by the twist. Like I I, I was not anticipating that at all did did, were, did you guys figure uh, that out ahead of time
1: i did not figure that out ahead of time even though i totally should have because it's so well set up for me in the winter soldier they very clearly set this up because uh there's this there's this period where alexander price or whatever pierce is uh talking to captain america or nick fury or whatever and he's talking about how hydra like kind of ate shield from the inside and just kind of like rotted away from within and one of the things he literally or no it's not him it's zola who's doing this right um one of the things he legit he straight up references is that they had howard and maria stark killed because they were interfering too much in you know like in shield affairs obviously howard stark is one of the founders of shield so it, and and obviously the winter soldier is a tool of hydra so of course it makes sense that the winter soldier would uh, so of course it makes sense that the winter soldier would would kill the starks It just it just makes so much sense and i actually think that the emotional moment was so well handled right i think that i think that this moment is the good version of the martha moment from bvs right the martha moment was is good in theory in my mind it makes a lot of sense on paper it makes a lot of sense but kind of in execution it was it was only you know like 60% there um but in this one i was so with it like 100 percent. i was like oh my god right like and, and i thought that that was i was
0: so well executed well, Wait,
2: hang on so so when you when you two are talking about the twist do you are you talking about the reveal that like bucky ends up having killed howard oh i guard? was i
0: was t- well i was talking about that um the twist for me is one that he's not actually going after the six shoulder six shoulder six soldiers jesus um, and a part, parcel of that is that Bucky killed the Starks because that's like, that's what it turns into, right? right. It, it goes from, it goes from, you know, I'm not actually after these six soldiers. I'm actually after destroying you from the inside and this is how I'm going to do it.
2: Fair enough. Um, I, I mean, so, so the, the fact Did you that, see that coming, Zo? Well, so the fact that Bucky ended up telling Howard Stark, like, I didn't see that coming, but that was way more, like- Uh, like, that wasn't very surprising to me. What was very surprising, and I didn't see it coming, was the fact that he wasn't going after the super soldiers, right? Like, that, like, the the, the thing is that a lot of these films have built up um, the idea that um, all of the villains, whether they're, like, super villains, or, like, normal human, like, Hydra villains, uh, have been trying to overpower, uh, like, Captain America, or, like, all of these other superheroes by just building something that's super strong, that, you know, might, like, destroy the world or destroy them just by being super powerful, right? Like, that's that's the general, like, modus operandi of, like, all of these, like, villains. And I think the fact that, you know, like, when you, when you first hear about these super soldiers, like, yeah, you think that Zemo is going to do the same thing and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to unleash these super soldiers and then you're gonna have a dope fight sequence where, like, you know, like, Bucky and Captain America have to, like, punch fist their way out of, like, five dudes who are also very punch fist, right? Um, so, so what I was trying to say is basically I didn't see, I didn't see either of those portions, the, the not going after the super soldiers or um, the fact that, uh, like, Bucky killed, like, the Starks. Like, I didn't see either of those coming. But the fact that Bucky killed the Starks seemed more, you know, predictable and less unexpected. Whereas the fact that, you know, the super soldiers were, like, just, like, killed upon, like, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier both showing up there. Like, I felt that was very surprising because up until this point, like most of the Marvel movies have been about finding something that is more powerful than the superheroes in order to actually, you know, like stop the superheroes or fight the superheroes. And so the expectation all along was basically that, uh, you know, like they would use these five super soldiers and it'd be a kind of a difficult fight um, until, you know, maybe Iron Man shows up or whatever. Um, but the fact that they were just like dead from the get-go, I feel like that that was a very good twist because for the most part, the villains that have been trying to face off against uh, like these superheroes have been trying to match their superheroicness and haven't been trying to expose the more human element. And I think that having that human element there was particularly good because it was just, uh, I, I really like films, action films where like there's like a surprise twist where like the villains are trying to do something um, that aren't isn't anticipated, right? Or that undermines the the expectations of these kinds of like action film genres. I think the best example is um, in Watchmen when when uh, Ozymandias like is explaining his evil plot, and then uh, I think like Night Owl and uh, Rorschach are both like, we can't let you do this, and then ozymandias goes i did this like 10 minutes before you showed up right like
1: i did it 35 minutes before yeah Uh,
2: and i feel like that kind of like like this was similar to that regard right like because you your expectation was that there was going to be a huge fight sequence with these super soldiers and then the reality was i don't really care about these i I obviously don't want these super soldiers like that that's kind of crazy that you think of that uh, I'm just going to play this film and then have you two fight each other until you're dead.
1: That's kind of interesting. I actually don't think you know, I'm I'm not all that attracted to twists, but I'm very attracted to motivation. This is what I mean, so I'm on record. I love Man of Steel, right? I love Man of Steel so much um and uh you know man of steel, it's funny because man of steel is one of those movies that i came out of the theater and i was like that was okay you know that was okay and i just kind of like watched it and rewatched watched it i was like wow this is just and it's kind of like better and better each time to the point where it's kind of like kung fu panda i can just kind of like watch it whenever and it feels great kind of thing but the thing that the thing that makes that movie so, like sing so beautifully for me is that Z- it's zod's um motivation is crystal clear. And there's no, you know, like there's no twist about it, right? There's no, you know, there's no gotcha It's just he want he's is, he is solely in service to Krypton. And uh and I think that Baron Zemo has the same kind of motivation, right? Like he, he I I don't know if it's because Daniel Brühl has a great performance, right? Or if it was just kind of like set up well or even any of that kind of stuff, right? But it's just like, you know, I, my wife and my kid died and it's the avengers fault and i don't care right i just don't i just want i want them to suffer right and it's so it's so simple it's so crisp it's so pure and i just i really i really got behind that
0: I think that's I think that's uh, kind of to break it down like that's that's how a good twist works, right? You find out the motivation, you, like the twist happens, and then everything that's happened that maybe you thought was kind of off all makes sense looking backwards. That that uh, is
1: one hundred percent how to properly do surprise, like like twists. I think in in media, bad twists are the ones that you know they catch you off guard, and you're just like, wait, what? Like, how did how do you put that together? Kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, So, one thing I wanted to bring up, because this is, like, the right moment for it, too, is, if you guys remember in the trailer, the scene where Bucky and Captain are fighting Tony Stark is in the trailer. And I don't know about you guys, but as they were all flying to the Arctic, I was like, how the fuck is that scene going to happen? Like, we haven't seen it yet, and they have to beat the shit out of each other at some point. Now, do you, like, I'm conflicted. I can see on one hand, like, that fight scene might have been a little bit more more of a surprise and more, I guess, dramatic if I hadn't known about it. But the fact that I knew that it was going to happen, and then like, oh, that's how they did it! Like, was kind of a positive thing, too. What do, what do you guys think?
1: Oof. I think that kind of stuff is negative in general. I think the marketing for this movie is pretty bad overall. They, re- they released so many clips that, like, just kind of like just ruined moments right like you know not 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 the the Spider-Man reveal at the second at the end of the second official trailer but they had clips of uh, you know, Spider Man talking 15 seconds, Spider Man spiting, you know, 30 seconds kind of stuff. Uh, all of that kind of stuff just like, it makes me roll my eyes. It's like, do you want people to go see your fucking movie, right? And, you know, to a certain extent, and honestly, I have to, I have to couch this by saying earlier today, I was praising a movie for these clips, right? Like, I watched four clips from the Warcraft movie, uh, you know, each one about a minute each, and they were so, you know, like, they were so good, right? I just, I really liked, um, I really liked kind of being getting getting a beginning, middle and end to a scene right with those characters it it, it, it got I, I got it right I was I was in it I was with them. it just made me uh, more uh, uh just like you know I, like I was just like in the movie for, because of that reason but um yeah these civil the Civil war ones I just kind I had to stop watching you know like every time a new one would release, I was like, well, I can't click on this shit because you know I'm just gonna see kind of X, y or Z.
0: I mean, I feel like they did manage to keep some secrets back. Like, they didn't show uh, Ant-Man going big, did they? Uh, no, they did not. No,
1: but I knew about that. See, the, the other half of this is, I like, keep track of this stuff. I knew about that beforehand.
0: Yeah, well, that's well, – because you that, read your so, yeah, But so, my point is that one's your my, own fault. Fault. I think, that my fault. I
2: think the only way that you would have known that had you not, quote, unquote, kept track of this is um, – and I overheard this while I was in, like, the bathroom after uh, Civil War was that – uh, the Lego Avengers movie, or like the Lego video game of this, spoiled that for you. But no, otherwise you couldn't have heard it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's that sucks. Oh uh, man,
1: did you did you go nuts for that moment?
0: Oh yeah, I thought. Well, I, as I've said before, Ant Man's the best superhero in the MCU. Paul Rudd is is amazing. <laughs> he completely stole the. I, I fucking loved him in this movie. um He's But like, yeah. Barely- he was. Th- that's what, he was so great. <laughs> I mean, the best part is like
2: it didn't feel. And I've told Mango this. I don't feel like Paul Rudd was necessarily acting. I feel like it was similar to as if they had just thrown Paul Rudd into a movie and he wasn't playing a character. He was just like being Paul Rudd, right? Like that's
0: what makes it so perfect. Ant Man is like is, is like if you gave Paul Rudd a super suit. It's it's oh man, I I, I love it so much. Um, but I, yeah, but yeah, like like enough. as as. As soon as he's like, I got this thing. I did it in the lab once. I'm like, he's going to get big. They're going to make him real big. It's going to be great. And he's like, yeah, he He got real big. I have to say,
1: the thing that killed me about that, that moment was pretty great. Um, That moment was pretty great. But the thing that killed me about that moment was when Spider-Man says that, Dumb fucking terrible line where he's like, "Have you guys seen that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back?" Oh, God. No one would fucking say that. <laughs> yeah. oh, Nobody would say that in oh, real life, no. especially not fucking Peter fucking Parker, who he? obviously would be a huge Star Wars nerd, no. and he would know that the Empire Strikes
0: yeah, Back is he, so so, so he would fucking, be a Star Wars. He has like a fucking Amiga sixty four in his
2: bedroom. No no, 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 let's put it this way, right? So Peter Parker in the movie is seventeen years old, right? That means 16, he was 16, but fair enough. All right, that's that's even worse, it? right? Because if he were 17, he would have been born in 1999, right? To give you that context, he was born after episode one came out. Right, But you, so you can make a
0: joke. Like, you can make a much better joke there, right? You could see, yeah. like, you could say, like, you know, like, you can make a joke about, like, the old trilogy or, you know, like, uh, you know, the the bad star wars movies see, or something to uh, see that would have been that would have been so funny could you imagine
1: if he had said something because it makes it makes so much sense right if he had said something like oh man you guys know those bad star wars movies they're like the prequels he's like no those are great you know like that would have been so funny especially because disney owns that it's like them throwing shade at themselves obviously i actually don't think that that would probably that probably that interaction probably wouldn't work on screen but honestly i don't really like spider-man all that much spider-man really bugged me in this movie uh, see, I- uh, I- I- bugged me
0: uh, <laughs> spiders are erected, buddy that joke isn't funny. Um,
2: but ants are bugs so it works uh, out.
0: Uh yeah. Oh man, that that would have that could that would have could have been a, a moment like ant versus spider. But um yeah, I lost my train of thought Sorry. <laughs> so, here's, so here's
1: my big gun here's my big gun when it comes to uh when it comes to spider-man i have i have a, i have a lot of problems uh in theory right but the thing that bugs me the most is that tony stark so what so what i initially thought was going to happen right And this and this made sense in my brain i knew they were going with a teenage sp- spider-man okay fine right I could imagine a world where Tony Stark knows Spider-Man, right, and he goes and he finds Spider-Man with this assumption that he's like a 21, you know, like 25-year-old, you know, kind of, like, you know, like him, right, like a middle-aged guy kind of thing. But that, that isn't what happened. It's the exact... He goes to Tony, to Peter Parker's house and is like, "I know you're a 16 year old kid. Come help me wrangle a fucking super terrorist, right? Like, yeah." And I was sitting there and I was like, "Tony, you're the one who's saying that the, the superheroes need to be more responsible, right? If if Captain had done, if Captain America had done this, you know, like maybe that would make some sense or whatever. But the, this it." It killed me, right? He's he's there and he's like, oh, I can't believe, you know, a little kid died in a fucking super, you know, like in a superhero fight. And here we have him recruiting a 16-year-old to come fight Captain America and the Winter Soldier, one of the most dangerous terrorists of all time, right? You know, Scarlet Witch, who is explicitly blamed for the deaths of these, you know, like this 118 people or whatever in Nigeria. Like, I makes no sense and it really really killed me it just really killed me
0: yeah uh, they, they try and walk it back when he's like you know stay in the back and you're going home now i, I
2: know
0: it's like i was i was
2: able to grant that like uh, a pass a because it was like well executed and b i think it still plays into like tony's character right like tony's character isn't that he like He now suddenly has regrets, and he's always going to have regrets, right? Tony's character is—he does something stupid, and then immediately regrets it, right? Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) like that—that's how, like, like, that's like Ultron, right? Like, he's like, I made a super AI, now I regret that. Uh, Like, this is probably like this is consistent enough for me in that regard. It's like, all right, you know what? You made another dumb mistake. Uh, Good luck with that.
0: Yeah. No, he's he's like swaggering and overconfident all, at at all times. I I, uh, I, I get Zhao's point. I think it makes sense. Um, I don't know. It just gonna be a part. Of the,
1: uh, also, I you know, like I'm also a little bit primed for this because um, I'm not up on. I you know, look, we've had okay. It has been 13 years since the first Spider-Man movie came out, and in that time, we've done Teenage Peter Parker every time, right? And I honestly just don't think... First of all, I don't think that Teenage Peter Parker is, like, the definitive Peter Parker. He is a teenager for, like, 10 issues in the fucking comics, right? Um... The, the, the only comic where he's a teenager for the majority of it is Ultimate Spider-Man and I should love it, Ultimate Spider-Man is the comic that got me into comics right, I've read, I own every issue it's it's 20 feet behind me, right, a hundred, you know, some odd issues of Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever, but um, it just bugs me because we've seen we've seen this, right and there are so many good Spider-Man stories of middle-aged Spider-Man of college age Spider-Man, right uh, that I feel like we're, we're lacking by bringing it back to high School yet again, well, right? No, no, no. I this
0: is the first.
2: Yeah, this
1: is the third. This is the third time. I, I disagree with a, this,
2: right? So I think the this it, is the
1: fourth movie he's gonna. Be so with so I, I
2: disagree with this in, in in a couple of respects, right? Like so I think the problem is that in both of the previous like major Spider-Man trilogies, right? Like it's been or like Spider-Man movies, right? Like it's been like an adult trying to play somebody who is kind of a high schooler, right? Like um, as much as you know, like Tobey Maguire's performance is pretty good. He's still like closer to thirty, and he's trying to portray someone who's closer to eighteen, and that's that gives a lot of like the Steve Buscemi, how do you do, fellow kids vibe. Um, even though it's like not as bad, it still just feels a lot like. Uh, well, actually, how do I put this? So there's there's two ver- there's two versions of the movie True Grit. The original one with like John Wayne, and then there's the newer one with the Coen Brothers, right? And in the original one, like the the, the child who's seeking revenge is like played by. Was essentially like a 25 year old trying to be like a teenager uh and it's kind of awkward uh especially when they like try to spank her whereas in the coen brothers movie like she's actually just like a, a like a 14 year old kid which is closer to the books right And i feel like there there hasn't been a spider-man movie where the actual spider-man has been uh like an actual teenager right like toby Maguire is not a teenager i i, I haven't seen like the, the amazing spider-man but like they, they act more closer to, like, adulthood slash college-age kids, which is why, I like, Spider-Man 2, like, the second Spider-Man uh, of the 2001 trilogy, was so good. Because, like, you you got him trying to transition into, like, you know, being an adult, right? And, and he like, Tobey Maguire can actually play that role because he looks kind of boyish. But, like, nobody has really tried to play Spider-Man actually as a teenager on the big screen, I feel like.
1: Like the- so, I so I agree with that. I think I think when it comes to like it, I I'm in a little more like theory world than that. Um, I think that if you're going to go with teenage Peter Parker, it is the proper thing to do to cast Tom Holland, right? Who is legitimately a teenager. Um, but I also think that they shouldn't go. You know, like I think that teenage Peter Parker. We've had three. You know, we've had three movies of it. We've had two Spider-Mans of it, right? Like, there are other – there are so many more Spider-Man stories than this. Um, and that coming back to the same kind of mine is not doing anyone any, any – you know, it's just not doing anybody any favors. Do you
0: think uh, it should have been Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker?
1: Uh, personally, I would have – so, you know, like I said, I, I love the ultimate line. Uh, I think when ultimate Peter Parker died basically to make room for Miles Morales, uh, it was sucky. I to a certain extent. So, so here's part of the other reason why uh, I'm I'm a little bit sensitive to the whole Spider-Man thing in the Ultimate Universe, where Spider-Man is legitimately a teenager. Um, he meets Nick Fury super early on, right? You know, maybe 20 issues in, right? He he has a face-to-face with Nick Fury about how he's a minor, right? And that kind of keeps that you know that means that he can superhero from a hands off perspective because you know Nick Fury doesn't want to open up that kind of like legal loophole. But one of the things that Nick Fury does is he's like, listen, if you're going to do this, you're going to do this right. And he has Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, right, basically train him in like little mini like like episodes or whatever. And all sorry, sorry of them,
0: just a, just a quick question, so I can get this right in my head. Is sure. that Miles or is that Peter? This is Peter. Um, okay.
1: And in all of those, and in all of those all three of those heroes don't think he should be super either like you're too young captain america is super explicit about this by the way and it adds a lot of pathos later but um where he's like you are way too young for this you know what i mean like you need to you know you need to stop you need to train you need to make sure because th- the last thing that you need to do is get hurt trying to do this thing and he's like yeah well you know what great power great possibility cap um and in the end, he dies saving Captain America's life. He takes a bullet for Cap. That's how he dies. Uh, and then, but Miles Morales is all... But I think Miles Morales is cool. I think Miles Morales is great. I don't think he would have been the best choice for the Marvel Universe as a whole. But if he wanted to do teenage... Spider-Man, I think Miles Morales would have been the better call, right? And I think they want to do Teenage... uh, They want to do Teenage Spider-Man because, you know, like, look, really what I'm advocating for, kind of in like a broad strokes term, is adding another middle-aged white guy to the, you know, the Marvel superheroes roster, and they've got plenty of middle-aged white guys, right? They don't need another one. Adding a teenager to that does, you know, spice things up, and it adds some variety in the MCU as as kind of like a sum total.
0: Um, Speaking of... Kind of. Sorry, did you want to say something else? I don't want to cut you off. No,
1: no, that was that was basically it.
0: Um, is it speaking of you know another middle aged white man? We've gone almost an hour into this podcast, and not one of us has talked about Black Panther. Oh my <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> see,
1: see, Black Panther is my favorite part of the movie. I think Black Panther
0: is so good. I do expound like, upon that. Like, what okay,
1: you, so I'm I'm a sucker a little bit for Black Panther. I don't actually like Black Panther in the comics all that much. Um. Which is mostly a result of I don't think writers really know what to do with him most of the time, but on paper, Black Panther matches a lot of Aquaman stuff, which is what I, which is what I like about it. Right? He and, and you know, and this is kind of like a trend in, in my favorite superheroes. Right? You have Aquaman, uh, King, you know, the King of the Ocean, King of Atlantis, or whatever. Uh, you have Thor, who King of Asgard, kind of thing. Uh, evil half-brother trying to take the crown. i feel like and you're and about to go
2: Lincoln. into black panther king of the blacks and i don't know if i like no, this no, attitude. of
1: no, I mean, <laughs> king of the jungle he's king of the jungle man didn't you see the end uh But you know, so I so I like Black Panther just kind of because his sensibilities appeal to me. He is a a you know a kind of like overly self serious king who takes you who kind of like takes all that responsibility on himself. That's you know that's Kryptonite. This is superhero Kryptonite for me. Um, And I think he got the best. And you know, he got an arc right. The the Civil War doesn't have an arc for Captain America, and it doesn't have an arc for Tony Stark. And this is deliberate, right? Because the movie is is explicitly about how. If if Tony or Cap had arcs, they would arc towards one another, right? Because they're friends, and the movie is about how they refuse to do that, right? They are so principled and and, and kind of stubborn, if you want to be a you know a jerk about it kind of thing, that they refuse to compromise. They refuse to change, right? Um, and so the arc in the in that movie is about the change in their relationship, right? Their relationship starts in one place and ends in another. And that's where, you know, this is the kind of protagonist arc that otherwise would be inside of a single characters, their relationship. But, but black Panther gets a, vi- you know, he gets an arc and he gets a very detailed arc. Um, and I thought that it was just really well done. I thought Chadwick Boseman, uh, did, did great, did spectacular. I thought his accent was way better than I expected it to be when I was like, Oh my God, he's doing, you know, he's doing a Nigerian accent. Um, I was afraid that it was going to be bad, but, uh, but it wasn't, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was really well done.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought he was, I thought it was really cool. I, I don't know. This this I understand how he survived the blast and his dad didn't. Um, cause they were about the same place, weren't they? um
1: yeah i mean i think there's a lot i have a lot of nitpicky problems on that kind of level but you know you know yeah. my stance on nitpicky bullshit <laughs> uh,
0: yeah th- 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 we can have the argument about what constitutes nitpicky again but i don't think that'd be productive um uh i thought that i thought he was a cool character definitely um i thought his kind of like reveal as black panther was very well done or just kind of like shows up and is super cool um I also kind of like him from kind of like the political standpoint of like he's not an Avenger or an Avenger associate. He's just like a uh, another dude, like or he, he's he's like another super from outside from the outside. That's um, got his own motivations, which is interesting, um, like to, to say the least. Um, what about you, Zach? What did you think of of Black
2: Panther? I mean, I liked him as a character on balance, but I felt like. So I felt like he was a little underutilized, right? Like he 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 kind of was a secondary concern to the main plot of like Iron Man versus Captain America. I thought like th- the scenes where he did the best were um when he was actually chasing down Bucky and like after Bucky was escaping from Germany. That was a good scene. And then the end scene where he was talking with Zemo. I think those two uh in and of themselves like Like, that was, like, what tipped the balance in favor of, like, Black Panther. But, like, for the rest of the movie, I felt like he was just, like, I felt like his presence in this movie was more about introducing him for another, like, for his own movie rather than necessarily contributing too much to this plot, right? Like, because he, in the overall arc of things, he contributes very little, um, except at the end right there, right? Like, I, I don't, like, if you had taken out all the Black Panther scenes, um... Or, like, just, like, kind of, like, photoshopped him out of the movie. Like, there's not – I don't feel like there's a lot that's lost, if, if, it, if you get what I mean.
0: Yeah, he does kind of swing independent. Like, he, he – you know, barring, like, his, his, his action scenes. Right. Like, you know, even, even – like, even if you photoshop out that last scene where he talks to Zemo. Yeah. Right, and you just, like, cut, and you presume that Captain America – Took Zemo and like put him in prison or something. Yeah, um, like that. That's, I I, I think I I think I think you've got a, a fair point there. Right. Like I, I feel like one of the things that's both good and
2: bad about Black Panther in this movie is that he is like like a middle ground and like a, a kind of like an independent force. But because he was such an independent force, like a lot of it was just um, like he didn't have to be there for this movie to happen. Um, and, and there was like. It, it felt like a lot of the things was just like he was being set up for that and, and I, feel I mean i
1: think i think that's i think that's uh you could level that against most of the character you know what i mean like the core of that movie obviously is bucky cap and iron man but that doesn't mean that they can't you know supporting well but kids, even supporting cats camp so here's the in. thing right even with the supporting cast members like
2: spider-man or like hawkeye right who are just like or, or, or ant-man who are just like hey i dragged you out of a van right like the, the primary just the primary justification seems to at the very least be, well, we need their help in order to take on the other side. Right. Uh, because Black Panther is so independent, it doesn't even quite feel like that. It just feels like he's there um, and it doesn't matter if he's there or not. Like he doesn't care whether he's there or not, except for the fact that he wants to get revenge.
0: But, but, but you, you talk about Sticks a lot and all of Black Panther's stakes are purely personal, right? Like, it's his quest for revenge. That's that's a good arc. Right. But, like, you drag Ant-Man and Spider-Man into this, into this fight, um, especially in, like, say, Ant-Man's case, it's because this legislation is going to affect them very personally, right? Like, Black Panther's going to go back to Wakanda and be the king at the end of the day. He doesn't care if, like, he's not, he's not an Avenger and he's not, like, a superhero associate. He doesn't have to, like, be held by this law, whereas Ant-Man and i guess potentially spider-man do do right like they, they have to pick sides in this conflict because they're going to be actively affected by it um and i i think that kind of plays into why like he like why black panther feels like he's this, his stakes aren't as high they're, they're See, all i or-
1: actually disagree with you i don't think that they make that conflict about ant-man and spider-man personally i think that uh it's about the Avengers, right? In fact, I'm pretty sure Thunderbolt Ross doesn't ever, you know, he, he, it's not that he ta- he never talks about Spider-Man, right? He doesn't sure. say like, "Plus, there's that Spider guy swinging <laughs> around or that, you know, at you know, well, dude in San Francisco kind of thing, right?" Um, it's literally the Avengers will become a un a un sanctioned thing, right? That's that's, that's fair, um, and and you
0: know, maybe, maybe it's just my willingness to read into a little bit further, but like, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I, re, re, I mean, really, what I think I, I think that Ant Man and Spider Man are motivated by, like I said before, they're they're you know they're fanboys, right? Spider Man's a Tony Stark fanboy. Captain America is a uh, or uh, you know uh, Jesus Christ. Ant Man is a. Captain America fanboy and they're and they're you know, and I think this is fine. I think this is good motivation, right? They are willing to side with their, you know, their personal heroes. And I think that that's great. Um but my point isn't that, you know, my point isn't that, that you should cut all these characters for the movie. My point is that movies are allowed to add characters who are ultimately superfluous to the main plot because they have subplots, they have tertiary plots, you know, they have all, and and that stuff in you know it just enriches the the, the whole experience, right, but right? So 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 the difference there
2: is, is twofold, right? Like so so one with regards to Ant Man, right? Like he's there is almost no introduction. Like he was literally like driven into the fight, and then that that was pretty much it, right? Like he he, he didn't appear prior to the fight in any meaningful capacity, and after the fight, he was just like. Given like maybe like four lines of dialogue like after, when he's in like super jail. Uh, Oof, those were great grass. lines
1: though. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to I want to say by the way the insider baseball on this is pretty funny because. <laughs> so when they got the rights to Spider Man and they added rights and they added Spider Man to Civil War immediately, right? Right. That unbalances the two sides, and so they needed to add a sixth. They needed to add a sixth Ranger, uh, to Captain America's side to balance out Spider Man, and so.
0: paul rudd what are you
1: doing (laughs) that's that's not the you know this isn't the most confirmed of confirmed things but it is it at the time it was the industry scuttlebutt uh i remember reading reading about that you know a year and a half ago right well but i mean like i I guess like some
2: of the same objections happened with like with spider-man too right like like the the scenes that actually are recruiting him um so I feel like the only reason that it felt necessary to recruit him was because Tony at the time felt like they needed more power to actually take on Captain America, right? So I'm willing yeah, to So
1: he recruits a child soldier. Sounds good. Sure. Yeah, no... <laughs> so I'm, I'm willing
2: i to grant like all the scenes where like, you know, like he's going to like Queens for no good reason and like talking with like hot MA and like recruiting Spider Man. Like that's to me, that's not necessarily superfluous to the plot because that's necessary for him to recruit the squad he needs to actually take down Captain America, right? Uh, Paul Rudd basically just shows up, so there's no super... Like, he's literally, like, not super so, I, at so, all, right? I, it's the same thing,
1: though. I think,
0: I think I think there's a couple parts of this. Um, I think what, what happens is, I think Spider-Man and Black Panther, at least to me, both feel kind of like they're just set up for the next movie. I think Peter Parker's scene with Aunt, with, with Hot Aunt May um, kind of unbalances that a little or like, kind of like shifts that in his favor a little bit. I think it doesn't feel so bad with Ant Man because Ant Man already had his own movie, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't feel like you know. It can feel like he's just there for the cameo, but that's a less bad feeling than he's just here to set up his next movie. That's true,
2: but although, but having just, just sorry, go
1: ahead. Just to uh just to point out nitpicky bullshit because I I remember thinking this in the movie because it it was so weird. Thunderbolt Ross gives uh, Tony Stark 36 hours to bring in Captain America, and he uses a good amount of that time leaving europe where captain america is going to new york recruiting this 16 year old kid right building a full spider-man suit for him right he doesn't have he doesn't have that spider-man outfit right it's implied that that Tony stark makes the spider-man outfit for him right in in this 36 hour period and then they they both fly back to you know
0: and that i think that's Right, I thought, kill, uh, you know, like- I thought he already had a spider suit ready. Yeah,
2: like so, I felt like a like he's Tony totally Stark. He could he could probably have made that in like. Forty minutes if you really want like he, i mean he sure,
1: sure. Like, like i said this is nitpicky bullshit i don't actually think this is like this is not a real criticism of the movie but it's one of those things where like you're like if you know if red letter media was doing a civil war review or like the guys at like cinema sins or you know oh, any yeah, of those yeah. people yeah. who are just like they, i they bet you it will things. be
0: in the fucking cinema sins video I, has percent, 36 hours yeah. and goes to goes to but Brooklyn. It's,
1: it's something that it's something that i noticed and i just thought was really funny uh just uh but but like i said i you know i forgive I, I forgive the same stuff there's plenty of this bullshit in Batman v Superman and I forgive that in the exact same way that I forgive it in Civil War but I I do think that is kind of funny now that we're talking about it
2: well yeah I mean so fair enough but like regardless I feel like one of the things is just that I don't know I I feel like sure it's true that Ant-Man's introduction doesn't feel as bad because he already had his own movie but it cuts both ways right like because he had his own movie we didn't actually need to introduce him. So, like, the only reason he doesn't feel, like, because with the other two characters haven't had any introduction in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so you need that introduction. Um, I don't know if necessary. like, obviously if they had their movies before this, like, we'd just be like, oh, hey, Spider-Man, what's up? Uh, Oh, hey, Black Panther, what's up? But uh, I, like, that's that's all Marvel, right? Like, they decided on the order in which they would actually uh, put their their heroes in the movies, and this is the order they chose, and so they have to like the consequences of that are that they had two superheroes who are uh who who need their own introductions in this movie and can feel super uh, superfluous as a result.
0: Yeah, um, I think just I kind of wanted to wind it back to like the the child soldier point just for a second. Um, I think what they were going for there is that. He needed, uh, is that Tony needed Peter to get the shield away from Cap because that that's what he does. But I don't think they they really hammered home that like you know, like I think they could have but, done it better, right? No, like, well,
2: could've, could've, no, that, they, no that, they, that feels wrong, right? So like, if your argument is that they needed Spider Man sticky goo to get like the shield away from Cap, like a, it's like a metal shield, and like I'm pretty sure Tony Stark can be like, oh, a magnet, voila,
1: yeah, on this one. Though I do also want to say, in the spirit of nitpicking, um, because I watched the first Avenger and. Uh, <clears throat> I watched the First Avenger and I watched Winter Soldier before watching uh, Civil War. The shield has the most inconsistent physics and I don't even mean no, in, like, they, the bouncing they, they, around. They straight the bouncing up around. It. No, no, no. Not, I'm not talking about that. So what it is, in the, in the First Avenger, right, they say vibranium absorbs all vibrations, right? And then they show <clears throat> Haley Atwell's Agent Carter fire a bunch of bullets into it and the bullets hit the shield and drop right to the ground, right? Because it absorbs all that energy. Um, and then all three... Throughout the Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War, he's using the shield to otherwise deflect, you know, like, to otherwise, like, reflect things back at people in a way that is clearly, you know, like, that's not the way that the shield works in the first one.
0: Yeah, actually, <clears throat> I, I think that that means that when he throws it against a wall, it should just drop to the ground. Yeah, yeah of, right, exactly, of yeah,
1: exactly. And, and listen, I, you know, I actually like, I think Captain America shield throwing is fine. Uh, yeah. In the comics, it is much better, uh... Like thought about because part of the super soldier serum also affects his brain, right? In the Ultimate comics, it's great because Captain America is the greatest like strategist and like um, tactician on the planet, right? So like he kind of has that thing going for him, but like part of this is you know he can he he can throw the shield and he sees you know like he sees the angles such that it'll come back. Yeah, kind yeah.
0: Of thing. No, I've I've always said that the Captain America's secret secret superpower is trigonometry. Um, because- yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it, it, but that, that's what it seemed like th- to go back to, like, to get the, the shield away from Cap thing. It seemed like that's why they brought Spider-Man along. Like, Tony seemed very much to be like, get the shield, now go hide, because Spider-Man just like, oh boy, I got to impress Mr. Tony, so help give me more spider shit. Um, it, it, it felt like that's what they wanted it to be, like, you know, for, for whatever reason, getting that shield away from Cap is important. I mean... Sure, but that was a very... it feels like they, they tried to call back to that again at the very end, and he's like, give me back my, my dad's shield, right? Like, as if... Like, it feels like they wanted the article of the shield. In fact, I can see this even tying in with Wakanda, because it's made of vibranium. Like, I feel like they wanted that shield to be a much bigger deal than it was in the movie i mean sure i feel like uh, th- with,
1: the, him dropping the shield at the end is ju- is a, it's a metaphor right it's right a metaphor sure for his apology right
2: i mean so so yeah so i understand like towards the end that like when he drops the shield when tony is like giving back the shield like there's the symbolism there i just feel like it's a stretch to say that the only reason they recruited spider-man was that he could be like thwack and then like the shield would be in like uh, I, that that seems
0: to that seems to be the the game plan right he says hey do the thing and he does the thing he's like good now now stay back right like th- th- that that's what happens right like it, <laughs> i see what you're getting at um right I but but, think, but then he uh, also, also seen has seen to engage these.
2: in like the fight right like like it's not like spider-man actually does stay back he he ends up fighting right
0: but that's but that's Peter parker right he could he didn't have to engage in the fight he chose to Tony chose to ostensibly against Tony's desire, right? Tony, to his credit, wants Peter to stay safe in this fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, fair, but I feel like there wasn't, there weren't really a lot of ways to avoid that. Um, like, Sure, yes.
0: And is it unrealistic? Yes. Is it poorly communicated if that was their intention? Absolutely. But I do think that that's what they were going for there. Yeah. Uh...
2: I can see your way of seeing
1: it. I, 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 I here's the. I, I, dev, I see where you're coming from. I think that your your view is valid. I guess, but I don't. I. It's not enough sure. to convince me personally. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Um, something I did want to talk about. Something that didn't convince me at all was the whole vision Scarlet Witch romance kind of subtext. Oh. I thought that was weird.
1: So, it, I mean, it's one of those things. It happens in the comics, but in the comics, it's. This is one of the things that I think you can edit out and without losing too much. Uh, the It's so weird. It's so weird because we have such a different view of what a robot is than what a robot was in the 60s. You know, like in the 60s sure. these comics were kind of like out and that kind of thing makes more sense. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that it was downplayed enough that it didn't bother me, but I also did not. I also
0: did not buy it. Yeah. Also, I, I felt like, 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 the Vision jokes felt weird. Like, him walking through the walls, just kind of like. That one like, I liked. Like, like, see, it, it's weird because, like, Vision all, has this very kind of, like, calm demeanor, right? Like, this kind of, like, very much wiser, like, the fact, like, the idea that he doesn't pick up on these social cues didn't, Jive with me, right? And you, you might call that nitpicky, buddy, but it feels like that, it doesn't feel like Vision, right? Like I actually, that, especially that, me, especially, that's especially Vision, nitpicky, who is Jarvis, way, but, right? Sure. Like yeah, who has been like
1: yeah, he very clearly picks up on social cues in the Iron Man movies, right? Like that is kind of that is very inconsistent.
0: And like you know, and I thought it was funny seeing him in like a polo. I thought that was fucking hilarious. It's like this I big, actually think
1: the costume design in this movie was was pretty spectacular. I like that Tony Stark was. Uh, So, the the costume design in a lot of these has been great, right? Like, you know, in the Avengers, Tony's always wearing a shirt with, like, a metal band, like, Black Sabbath and stuff. Um, And I, I always thought that that was great. But in this one, what I liked specifically about it was... Tony Stark looks like an exasperated dad, you know, working like twelve-hour workdays, right? Like he's kind of got this like disheveled suit look, and Captain America straight up looks like fucking James Dean, like rebellious teenager with his like you know like leather jacket and tight t-shirt kind of thing. And it really kind of you know it's that yeah it's little stuff like that that I like to kind of like ah let's underline these characters, you know. If only they had a
2: shirt that said "You're not my dad" and put that on Captain America. (laughs) You're not my
1: real dad. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. uh, Yeah, I think, um, uh, I think, uh, I think that kind of thing is where the Russo efficiency is its own worst enemy to a certain extent. Because, like, sometimes they don't just, like, give you an, the, the Vision has not all that much to do. And they really don't deal with the fact that he almost kills War Machine, right? Right. Um the they they kind they give it a minute they give it like a minute little thing where he's like oh um you know i didn't think you could get distracted or whatever he's like yeah me me neither oh man what's going on with me but then they just like walk away with with nothing uh and i actually think one of the things i like one of the things i like most about one of the things that sells me a lot on ultron is that end conversation between ultron and the vision um and uh I, I I I don't know. I like Vision a lot in Ultron. I think Vision is really cool and interesting. I wanted to see the same kind of care uh almost but they just I I don't think that they put I don't think that they put the time in.
2: Yeah, I yeah. I think Vision was very much like a side character in this one. Like he he didn't really matter. Um he was he was basically like a wharf, uh in that his his sole job was to be super strong and then have the shit beaten
0: out of him in order to show I, how... By I fucking Clint. Yeah,
1: I mean, I th- I thought that was cool. I liked that this movie, you know, I you know, as much as I shit on the way that they do action in this movie, I really do appreciate to a certain extent that, you know, like, everybody's favorite hero gets a moment. Um, and I think that that kind of thing is a little bit under, you know, like, that kind of thing is a little bit underrated uh, as far as, you know, my my views on the action goes, right? Everybody can feel good. Everybody whose favorite character is blank fill in the blank right can feel good about their character in that in yeah that everybody's movie,
0: right? favorite hero ant-man got his moment yeah yeah he's everybody's, everybody's got, favorite it, hero.
1: It, it, uh and uh and i think that you know i think that that's cool you know like it, it was one of those things where so one of my favorite like little like action bits in batman superman i shouldn't keep bringing this movie up but you can't make me um, uh, the <laughs> is, uh, i just love it so much okay It's this part where Batman is punching Superman in the face and he just, like, slowly stops recoiling with each punch until he's just, like, standing in front of Batman, like, square-jawed, not moving at all with each of the hits. And I, and I love that moment, right? And, you know, it's one of the, the, like, if I was a Superman fan, that would, like, that would get, you know, that would be cool, right? And I think every one of the characters in Civil War, right, all, like, dozen of them, get a, get a neat, get a neat moment like that you know hawkeye has his thing with the two arrows where he predicts the vision ah, whatever right you know scarlet is that thing where she sinks vision into the ground that's super awesome um captain america obviously gets a million of them tony stark gets a million of them um but yeah i just uh that they you know i think that's that's, that's an unsung hero of this movie
0: uh. Amick gets I'm not AMA, to AMA, have... AMA, no 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 Amick gets like six of them. I'm just thinking about it. It's like he he goes he goes into Tony Stark suit and tells him that he's his conscience. Do, yeah, <laughs> do the the Arrow, the Ant Man on
1: the Arrow. Oh, of yeah. course the Ant Man on the Arrow yeah. is
0: great. Yeah, th- yeah. Uh, it would have it would have been better if they did like the classic scene where like he just jumps off it and punches the person in the face.
1: <laughs> I honestly, I really, I think I would have liked that better too. Um, oh, I, I thought it was a water you know, tank. He, oh. had the, he had the Ant Man thing. He had or he had the Giant Man thing. He also. Um,
0: uh oh yeah yeah the the oil tanker
1: <laughs> throw
0: this at this thought oh, no, yeah. no, that was a water tanker. <laughs> yeah.
1: oh. I think I think another pre- parser see another half of the reason that I think the movie doesn't want you to side with Tony Stark which sucks um is uh Everybody betrays that ideology on that side. The only people that stick to that ideology are kind of implicitly the Vision and War Machine, and that's because they're the people on that side who talk. You kind of like talk about it the least, right? Tony Stark, right, backs off of it when he goes and he goes to Siberia to help out Cap, uh, Scarlet Jo or er, Scarlet Johansson. Fucking <laughs> Christ, Black Widow. Um, uh Black Widow backs off and lets them get to the Quinjet. Black Panther obviously does like the fullest reversal and goes from, you know, murdering the you know, wanting to murder the Winter Soldier to literally saving his life. Uh uh even though I think the whole thing at the end by putting him in cryo is the biggest cop out. Um and uh so yeah, I, I you know, I don't think they wanted it to be as choose your side as it was supposed to be. Um I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, true. I, I feel like it's it wasn't really set up to be a choose-your-side kind of thing, right? Like, I get like, that the marketing had that effect, but, like, I don't feel like anybody would have actually chosen, like, Iron Man's side. Um, like, I, like, it's... I, I feel like
0: that's kind of the implication, like, at least everything I have read around the comics is that's the implication, too, right? Like, that, like... Very much a kind of you know those who give up liberty for security don't deserve any liberty at all type of lesson
1: Th- that that I actually don't think that's true in in the comics you've, you've Captain america so so the so the end of the comic right spoiler alert i suppose is um <clears throat> you have. Cap and Tony, and they fight. Basically, you know, Tony's been locking up all of the unregistered heroes in the raft, right? Uh, And Captain America breaks into the raft. He pulls some tricks, and they teleport everyone to Manhattan where they're just having, like, this huge, you know, superhero brawl, right? And at the very end of the fight, Cap disables Tony's armor, and it looks like he's about to win. And right as he's about to win, he gets tackled by firefighters and policemen and, you know, like, you know, EMTs and everything like that. And Captain Wait, America, really? lit, yeah, literally. And Captain oh America literally starts crying and it's like, Oh my God, I give up. Right. And he just gives himself up because he realizes that he's been, you know, like he's been wrong this entire time or whatever. And even though like that sounds a little bit cheesy and everything like that, it's actually a really great moment because it is, it's Cap admitting that he's wrong, right? It's Cap admitting that he thinks he's better, you know, like, he thinks he's better, he thinks he's deserving of less oversight than all of these other people who have just as much, you know, kind of, like, crazy responsibility, but also, you know, like, that oversight is important for them, too. And I think that, that that's something that is, like, kind of missing a little bit from, from like, this whole thing, right? There's, the, by the way, there's no villain in Civil in civil War, the comic book, right? The, the only villains
0: are because... Um, doesn't Tony weaponize some of them to bring in? Superheroes? Yeah, Tony,
1: yeah. Tony basically restarts. Th- this is like they have their version of the Suicide Squad. So the Suicide Squad is a is a DC thing, but there um at there's a Marvel version of it called the Thunderbolts. Um and and uh Tony creates the Thunderbolts uh, to help them bring in. Uh, to help them bring in superheroes, this is what choose, This is what causes Spider-Man to swap sides. Right, Spider-Man is siding with Tony Stark in the beginning of this, but then as soon as he finds out that Tony has uh, recruited supervillains to help bring it, he's like, "Dude, what the? You're sending Venom against Daredevil? Are you insane?" And then he he leaves. You know, he swaps sides. Um, but but uh, but yeah, yeah. I I mean, th- the Civil War comic is tough because. I think it's great. I'm a bit. I'm very much in Mark Millar's camp. Mark Millar is the writer of it, and he's a very uh, divisive figure in comics. Um, the Civil War comic is also extremely divisive. There are people like me who think it's great. Uh, people not like me who think it's crap. So you know, it you know, it's like a your mileage may vary, kind of thing.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, but I recommend
1: everybody read it because it's do you fun. think it's um, good? Yeah, I do think it's good. Tony Stark makes uh, a clone of Thor, and it kills uh, it kills a guy. See, they ha- they 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 understand how to do stakes in the comic, right? They kill they kill somebody. Uh,
0: but, yeah, I no. mean, so I, I think a large part of that is 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 you know you can kill a person in a comic because there's not a real person behind that person that wants to be in another movie and get paid a bunch of bunch of Starbucks. Um, like, you like you can't kill you can't kill War Machine because Don Cheadle probably wants to still be employed at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I deal. mean, you know, I, I mean, the, it's just harder to do.
1: Yeah, I also, I you know, I, I even wouldn't really mind. Uh, I don't mind killing characters with the so so. You know, people complain about everybody dies in comics, nobody ever stays dead in comics or whatever, and I and I get that. Um, but uh, I think I definitely think character death can like have you know weight even in that. Like, even in that context. And I think, uh... Man, I shouldn't say this. Uh, my favorite way to do this is to have someone die, but with the expectation, almost, that they're going to come back, right? Um, and th- because that way, it doesn't feel like a gotcha to the to the fans or whatever. And this, by the way, is what happened after Civil War. At the, at, after the Civil War comic, Cap was immediately assassinated. Um and they were like Captain America's dead forever and then 2 years later oh captain no. america's back you well, know we, like so- we always plan to bring him back and that just feels really dishonest to me and disingenuous right if he's always going to be planned to be brought back that's fine but you should let you should let the uh, the audience know. I feel like that's
2: i mean the problem is that that's always an expectation right like after the death of superman like timeline like everyone just expects like no yeah. major superhero death is permanent, and I feel like that's... Right, right. But, but the point... But the, the, point... the old
0: rule used to be that the only people in the comics who stayed dead are Uncle Ben and Bucky, and that became untrue. Yeah. Uh, Oof. Um, oh, man, and, I can't and, wait for the and, new and, Spider-Man movie
2: to bring Uncle Ben back to life. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and, the, and you know, and I'm not even trying to, like, you know, get on that or whatever, but, like, the point is always it's about the journey, not necessarily the ending, right? When, when Batman dies in Final Crisis, it is... Explicitly implied that he's going to be, that he's going to come back. We know for a fact that Bruce Wayne is just, and this is going to sound crazy, lost in, you know, the timeline and he is in, you know, like 10,000 BC or whatever in like olden times, basically. Um, and so they, they say, hey, look, hey, listen, Bruce Wayne's alive. He's going to come back. But in the meantime, we're going to, you know, we're going to explore what a world without Batman looks like for a while so that, you know, because that's interesting to us. And that's that's cool. I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's doing right by uh, by the fans or whatever. Um, what bugs me is when they're like, Steve Rogers is dead forever. Oh, wait, no, Lord, Steve Rogers is back. Like,
0: uh, isn't, isn't he dead again? Uh yeah, but I think he's back again. I mean, I mean uh, the, fal- the, the, the 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 Falcon is Captain America right now, right?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, the Falcon is Captain America and uh they are they are bringing him back and they're both going to simultaneously be Captain America kind of like um you know like Green Lanterns, right? John yeah. Stewart and Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner are all simultaneously Green Lanterns.
0: How does how does the Falcon hold the shield? Uh Robots? I, I don't know. I, I, don't
1: know. <laughs> I actually, you know, part of part of the thing that that uh, this is like a bit of my own thing with Marvel is that the most successful Marvel movies have rarely dealt with my favorite marvel properties right like yeah. i'm super in i i'm in i'm in dr strange camp i'm in silver surfer camp thor is my favorite marvel character or whatever uh and i've never really cared about captain america i've never really cared about tony stark uh i've never really cared about any of the characters in this story to be honest right like none of them have ever really been like favorite characters of mine um But, uh, but they did a good job, you know, they did a good job of, of getting me on board. I didn't feel like as kind of weirdly alienated as I have in other movies.
0: That's, uh, that's good. That's a good movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're up, uh, you know, there's our hour and a half or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any closing thoughts from either of you?
2: Um, I honestly, the only closing thought that I don't think was said was, I feel like this should have just been called Avengers 3, um, because that's what it honestly felt like. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about it in the context of the other two Avengers films as well, right? Like, it's like, we didn't really mention, like, uh, Winter Soldier, except, like, very cursorily. But, like, it, it felt more like this plot continued more from Avengers 2 than it did from I feel Civil like War. if they
0: called it Avengers, or, though, they would have been like, what was all this Captain America bullshit for, like, the last half hour? Right. No, but it
2: was very, it was very much, like, like, I feel like it was much more within the Avengers, like, if if you were to classify things in terms of, like, like this is the Iron Man series, this is the Captain America series, this is the Avenger series, this belongs more in the Avenger series than it does in the Captain America series. Even if calling it such would be, like, well, why is Captain America punching other, like, people at the end, right? Yeah.
0: I think they should have called it Captain America versus Iron Man, Dawn of Justice.
1: <laughs> it's funny, yeah. Yeah. Um... Although I, I think
0: I think a title like Captain America versus Iron Man would have been a a, a misnomer. No, I think it would, I actually think it would have been a better like. Oh, interesting. I think it would have. I think that kind of splits the difference between, um, it splits the difference between the Avengers and the Captain
2: America thing, right?
0: Well, I, um, I mean, so
2: they could have just called it like Avengers Captain America versus Iron Man. I feel like that would have encapsulated everything. I think Avengers, Captain Avengers, America versus Iron Man, Civil War,
0: Avengers. Dawn of Justice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think if it was just Avengers Civil War, that probably would have been the
0: uh Yeah, it probably would've the worked best out
1: version. but you know. I you know, I you know people are talking about that as one of the reasons that it underperformed, right? People are like, Oh, this is just another Captain America movie. I'm not gonna get, you know, I'm not gonna get hot and bothered for a Captain America movie, which is kinda like okay. Fucking like I care. Like Jesus
0: yeah anyway anyway I guess we're done this has been our podcast yeah. we missed it at the beginning but why don't you take the, tell the folks at home what we do on this podcast
1: <laughs> well uh, we talk about how much I like Batman vs. Superman um no we talk about movies I guess I can't wait for the apocalypse version of this where I'm just like well Batman vs. Superman uh,
0: god but- damn <laughs> <laughs> it's um, never
1: gonna stop it's never going to stop mango uh,
0: normally we talk about <laughs> games this is, this channel, this is on a some nervous uh talk about games um you can watch us play games at twitch.tv slash some nervous play games you can watch us on youtube i think i changed the youtube world to some Derps play games you can watch us on uh twitter tweet zao do you want to give out your Twitter? Do you want to plug
2: anything? Uh, Do you want to plug your shit. I don't need to plug anything. I am searchable. If you, I think my Twitter handle is Alex Zhao as well. I retweet stuff from time to time. Nothing interesting. Mostly, mostly tech bro stuff.
1: If you're if you're listening to this, if you've gotten to this part, if you've if you haven't been turned off by all the, the all that I talk about Batman versus Superman, you should. Uh, give us recommendations for other movies and stuff. These are obviously bonus episodes. We we don't record them. Instead of the we record them in addition to the game stuff. Um, but we are always happy to talk about whatever. If there's a movie that you see coming up that you want to hear our opinions of, uh, you know, feel free to tweet tweet at me. Get at yeah. me. <laughs>
0: um, you can also email us uh, email email us at some derps game at gmail.com. I. Some derps play games at gmail.com. I can We're speak today, nervous. I promise. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I'll put all the information in the description. Leave a comment, subscribe, give us a big old heart on SoundCloud, download us on iTunes and Google Play, I don't know. Yay, uh, do some fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, yay. Yeah. Bye
1: bye, listeners. We love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>